In this day and age, we are more aware than ever how important it is to look after our bodies. I'm joined by naturopathic nutritionist Natasha Bryce. Natasha started her career very differently. She graced the pages of Vogue magazine, appeared in movies and released a hit dance track which is still popular in clubs around the globe today. After discovering that she had an autoimmune condition, Natasha decided to take matters into her own hands and started her journey into the world of nutrition. A proud mother, wife and business owner, Natasha's mission is to help people understand their body's needs on their way to optimal health. Natasha, hi, welcome. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you doing, Chase? Yeah, really good, thank you. Uh, you know, lockdown depending and all that sort of thing, you know, we're, we're all ploughing through as I'm sure we've all got our challenges. Um, but yeah, so welcome and thank you so much for agreeing to do this podcast um, because I'm really excited to hear a bit more about your story and how you got into what you're doing now um, and what messages that you've got to sort of put out there as well, which, which would be really great to hear. Um, so at the minute, you are currently working as a naturopathic nutritionist. Is that right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a naturopathic nutritionist. Bit of a mouthful. But yes, that's it nice. is a mouthful. I mean, I had to Google how to pronounce it when I was looking at it just in case um, <laughs> I said it wrong. So, um, yeah, great stuff. And um, we'll hear a little bit more about that later because we're really interested to know, especially now in today's day and age when everyone's very much more aware about how important it is to look after your body um, and your wellness and stuff. So looking forward to, to digging a bit deeper with that in a bit. Um, but that was, you know, very different, wasn't it? For, from, it's very different now from what you were doing years ago, let's say, um, yeah. because your career started very differently. Tell us a little bit about how you actually, you know, moved into your professional career when you were younger. Okay, so I started off modeling um, and that was, wasn't the easiest thing to get into, but I was very lucky at the time. I entered a beauty competition um, that I um, won and I made some money and I was thinking, oh, wow, this is nice. Um, <laughs> at the time I was temping whilst I was waiting for my school results, um, working at a, an insurance company. And it wasn't the most glamorous of jobs and it's quite mundane and didn't think that that was where I was going to be forever. But, you know, it was it was nice money to make over the summer, but entered these competitions. I entered one that I won, entered another one that I came second and both paid. And I thought, oh, this is interesting. This might be a nice career. And then I got an agency. Um, I moved to New York at the age of 18. What, 18? Yes, on my Does own. Does freak you out a little bit now when you think about how young yeah, you were? because I have children and one is 17. And yeah. And they're off to the other side of the world without knowing a soul. Or, but yeah, I mean, I was quite independent from a very, very early age. Um, so, yeah, it, it seemed quite natural to me. I, I think I was spending a lot of time in Paris when I was 17 in Milan. So by the time I moved to New York permanently at 18, it was... Yeah, it was just a natural prog progression in my career. So I'd spend most of my time bouncing from the four countries, really, from from about 18. Oh, wow. So that was fun. Yeah, met lots of fun and exciting people along the way. Um, yeah, it was just a, a great place, a great time to be in New York. Um, and then I decided to move back to the UK. Okay. Um, 
of my friends were leaving New York when we were in our early 20s. And yes, I decided to come back and I really was interested in music. So um, my aunt was actually a singer and she'd sung with lots of great people from Elton John to Eric Clapton. And I'd always from a young age go and watch her perform at these massive stadiums and just think, wow, isn't it incredible? So I started singing um, and writing and, and was fortunate enough, enough to be asked to um, front a song which I didn't write but um, ended up being quite popular quite a popular dance track and got to number six in the charts and number one in the dance charts and then I would tour with that went from club to club gigging gigging and yeah so that was really really good fun because the um, song was called if you wanna is that right yes um, yeah yeah yes, it's it still was. really popular in clubs today yeah, isn't it it's I still, still hear it on the radio yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah, so that was a really good experience. Um, um, but prior to that, I'd been in films like The Fifth Element. Um, I had a sort of a small featured part in there and I'd been presenting TV shows, um, sort of show on Sky One and um, doing various things. I did a film show, I did a, a food show and that was all fun. Um, and then after that, got pregnant <laughs> and decided that my lifestyle up to that point had been quite transient. I'd been bouncing around the place. Even when I was singing, I was touring and being in different countries all the time, similar to how I'd been when I was modelling and decided that perhaps that wouldn't be the right lifestyle to raise a, a child. Um, so, yes, we ended up buying a performing arts school yeah. for children, which uh, my husband um his background was in acting and it seemed to be a natural progression. It seemed to be more of a grown up job, if you like. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, but it was really good fun. I loved kids. It worked around, um, I, I've got three children now and, and it worked around their lifestyle. I was around for them during the day and um, it just seemed to work. And it, my skills from singing and presenting and acting um, all lent itself to this new career, which was which was great. Um, but um, probably about five years ago now, um, I got diagnosed with something called Hashimoto's disease, which is an autoimmune condition where the body okay. attacks the thyroid. And about a year later, my husband got diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, which is quite a debilitating autoimmune condition. Yeah. This time is where the body attacks the joints. And he's, we'd seen with his mum how debilitating it is. Um, but it got me questioning why had it happened? I, I believe the body to be quite resilient and that something had to have been going on. It couldn't just be genetic. So that led me on a quest to really want to learn about naturopathic nutrition, to learn about functional medicine. And so then I went on a quest. I started learning. I enrolled myself in a course, which I didn't think I could do, but Lo and behold, I did and passed with distinctions and flying colours. So yeah, I did congratulations, because that was yeah. pretty recent, wasn't it? That was last year. Yes. It was. It, well, I passed. Um, I finally got my certificates through early last year. So my um, graduation was last year, February. Oh, okay. So before that, it was sort of all finished. But that was three long years. Um, we covered biomedicine and um, biochemistry and naturopathic nutrition. Um, so that was a really good course. And then I enrolled um, to do my master's, um, again, in personalized nutrition, which I'm still doing at the moment. Um, 
but yeah through that journey I've learned so so much about the body and how to help the body fight back that sometimes if you do have a genetic predisposition it's not the be all and end all um there are ways of trying to reverse some of these conditions and myself and my husband are, are proof of that yeah because something that you say on your website um is it's about getting people to understand their bodies and yeah. their way back to optimal health so That's is it, it about retraining your body it is about um i, I guess it's a, it's a sense of if you really think of your body as uh, you could really think about what you consume and what you put in your body and what that output what the end result would be of consuming those things and what I learned personal on a personal level there was things that I was eating that didn't agree with me that I found through testing um, and that were causing my body to react and to be in a state of a perpetual inflammation and these autoimmune diseases that we had were or have because they're in remission but um are inflammatory conditions um, and there's so much that causes inflammation in the body from stress to poor diet and lifestyle lack of sleep as basic as that putting in uh, excessive excessive amounts of caffeine i mean i used to drink so much coffee to keep me going because i was traveling so much mm. um, and it's not conducive to a healthy body um, so yeah it's a lot of change that i made myself and that i do with my clients but the proof is in the pudding in terms of when I then do tests on them or on myself and I can see that there are changes as physiological changes that are occurring and people start to feel better, feel well. And, you know, my husband plays football two or three times a week. He goes to the gym, he goes running. And when he was first diagnosed, he couldn't even walk properly. So and he's on no medication whatsoever. Um, and that's quite unusual for a diagnosis of rheumatoid arthritis five years on. Wow. Yeah, it's testament to his willpower. Um, it's quite tough, but I think our children are still at the age where they're still young. And the fact that he can go out and play football with them in the garden without any issues is, is great. And I think he he realizes that. And so sometimes when I say to him, mm, watch that sugar or, you know, <laughs> he take it on board. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, it's, you know, when you have a change of lifestyle, when you need to make a change of lifestyle, um, like you say, it can be difficult because, you know, for me personally, one thing that I try to really cut out, um, because I, I noticed such positive effect when I first did it was sugar. Yeah. And so I took a massive big detox of sugar of the whole of the month of April, a couple of years ago, Easter time. So there's chocolate around everywhere. And I decided that would be my time <laughs> to do, to do a detox of sugar. Um, and it worked and it was brilliant. And yes, you know, I slowly fell off the bandwagon a little bit and I kept having a bit of sugar here and there but I would feel a bit groggy the following day and stuff like that. Um, almost like a bit of a hangover, I suppose. Yeah. Um, well, you're but right. it is something I really keep, a, keep an eye on now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sugar is quite an inflammatory processed food. I mean, everything in moderation, obviously, but mm. um, I think today when we look at packaged foods now, when we look at the sugar content in the drinks on the shelves and, it's 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 astronomical it's quite I mean, scary isn't it it really is and i try to show my children because they ask me why i don't allow them to drink coke mm. and i try to show them how much sugar and i literally spooned it out onto a plate and i said that is how much sugar is in a can of coke and they were like but surely they wouldn't give it to us if it was that bad for us and i'm like but it's so addictive 
that they do. And, and unfortunately, some of these industries don't think about our long-term health. We have to take control. So I think by showing them that physical, it had an effect because now they're not pestering me whenever we do have the opportunity to eat out for a, yeah. for a cup of coke. So um, sugar is highly addictive and it's so difficult to remove from your life. But if once you do it, if you can, I ask my clients to try and do it for just two weeks, because after those two weeks, I find that um, something something's triggered. And after that, it's much easier to say no to sugar in your tea or, or whatever. And it does have quite a profound effect. So then when they have sugar again, they really can taste it. And like, oh, my goodness, did I used to consume this amount of sugar? Um, so, yeah, I always try and start with sugar because it has such inflammatory properties. Yeah. And it's true what you say when you haven't had sugar for a while and you taste it again for the first time. It's almost like being five years old again and tasting a donut for the first time, isn't it? Yes. It's like that sort of like zap of like, oh my goodness, this is mental. Um, yeah. Really getting <laughs> high from it. Um, yeah, so we've heard a little bit about what made you move into, into nutrition. Um, what would you say was the challenges that you were presented with? I mean, you're a very busy lady. You're a mom, you're a wife, um, you run your own business, and then you decided to study on top of that. Were there any um massive massive implications or things lifestyle changes that you had to make to make that happen yeah well I'm always one of these people that always I try to push myself um in a healthy way um and I believe that nothing is not achievable I was raised in an environment where we were told that you could achieve anything so it was never an obstacle as such but my youngest at the time she was four when I enrolled um and I was having my own health issues at the time, um, having three young kids and also running the business. You know, I, I remember my husband saying, is this really this time to start? But I had started to look into functional medicine. So therefore was seeing functional medicine doctors that were costing an arm and a leg, you know, a single mm -hmm. appointment. And, and invariably they're in America was sort of about maybe $500 with, you know, 350 pounds. Oh a session and I just thought I, I need to learn this for myself I can't be going to other people to get the answers I need to understand what's happening with my body myself yeah. um so uh I, I even though there were maybe it could be seen as obstacles still you know having the commitments of my home life etc I just had such a drive and such a desire to understand what was happening with myself and and again with my husband that I didn't really see it as an obstacle. I, I saw it as an opportunity to learn. And I mm. think if you can take those opportunities in life, then you can only grow. Yeah. And you're carrying on doing that. Like you said earlier, you're going on to do your master's now as well. Yeah. So yeah. awesome. Yeah. Really good. And, you know, it's one of those things, I suppose, when you learn something new, you kind of want to share it with it. You want to tell everybody now that you know so much about what effect food and different chemicals have on your body. I bet you are really quite excited to be able to share that with other people. Yes, yes. I'm really excited to share other people. I see quite a lot of autoimmune condition clients. Um, and it's really, really wonderful to see them feeling better. And um, yeah, and just seeing them making positive changes in their life. Um, so yeah, it's such a, a great feeling to help people and help them feel better. And I try to get them to understand their bodies. So they're not, again, reliant on me in the same way that I try to get away from paying these huge expensive doctors. Um, 
and yeah it's 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 incredibly rewarding and yeah it's it's it makes it i it gives me such a great sense of satisfaction helping people and i do see quite poorly people as well i i've seen people with cancers and um all sorts of conditions going on from allergies all the way through to ca cancers and it, and yeah it's um it's a it's probably the most rewarding job that i've ever done oh great that's really good um it's lovely when you know you've got something that you're passionate about and i'm guessing you must get up every day and still just be like yes do you know what i mean this is totally yeah. what i'm doing nice. yeah and nice. it's nice to give back it really is nice to give back yeah for sure and um so as well as looking you know at what you eat um, and your diet what else do you do to look after yourself what are your sort of thing not just necessarily exercise or anything but is there anything you do on a, on a kindness level just to think about yourself and make sure that you're getting time for you yes well i do meditate nice um i think that's quite important um you can just find the smallest space and just sit somewhere quietly and just really uh, meditate and, and think about things and just do some deep breathing that really helps but I also keep a gratitude journal where I just literally write all the things I'm grateful for and, and I I feel grateful for so many many things yeah and that, that does make me feel um well it is literally just feeling that sense of gratitude for all that you have even the times when you feel gosh this is tough or but just checking in on that daily basis in the evening and just writing what you're grateful for I think is a is a really good thing and, and that helps keep me grounded it helps keep me sane yeah um, yeah and every person that everybody that's trusting me with their um health um I'm incredibly grateful for that experience and and helping them on their journey so I always believe just recognizing that recognizing um what you have in your life um is a, is a good thing totally um I couldn't agree more I think we get so bogged down with the day-to-day -day, don't we if, uh, yeah. you know things that are going right even stuff as silly as you know going to the supermarket and them not having the product that you wanted on the shelf can really wind you up but then when you think actually about the things that are good and all the positive things that we have around us it can just make everything seem that bit easier can't it yeah yeah absolutely puts everything back in perspective um so along the way then what would you say are the best piece of advice that you were ever given and the worst piece of advice you were ever given um well i think my grandmother um was very very influential um on me growing up um, which is quite typical in West Indian families. Um, she said to me to always treat people as, as you would expect to be treated. And it's quite a simple phrase, yeah. but it has stayed with me. And I try to stay true to that. Um, I try to think about myself in that situation. How would I feel? How would I want to be treated? Um, and it, it, yeah, I just think that was one of the best things she could have told me. She was a nurse and worked quite hard in a hospital here in um, London and she yeah she um, gave so much and I think she carried that philosophy in her work and I could see that with her um, and I could see how much she gave to her patients and how she would be she always used to say how would I feel if I was lying in that if I were to be lying in that bed yeah. and yeah so she led by example and I think for me that really rubbed off on me so I think it's really important to really think about how you treat each other especially 
through what we're going through now we've got some elderly uh, neighbors and it's nice that to just go in and check on them because I think I would like that if I was in their yeah, position are they okay? do they need anything their family live all quite far away so I, I just think that was the best piece of advice I, I'd ever be I've, I've been given great and that's something that we're all told from such a young age when we're at school isn't it treat others how you would like to be treated but I think yeah. as you get older it just has a whole new meaning to it especially yeah. as you're an adult yeah. Um, yeah, okay and then what was the worst bit of advice that you were ever gosh, given I really don't think I've been given terrible advice I might have been people might have said things to me which probably wasn't kind particularly in the modeling industry you know you, you always be told oh you know you're maybe a couple of pounds too heavy or a couple of pounds too too light or you know it's it, that's the industry I guess yeah. um because when, when you were doing modeling it wasn't just um you know modeling competitions like you were saying earlier you were doing vogue and stuff weren't you yeah i was doing quite high-end things i was doing lots of um shows i was doing l and vogue american vogue french vogue british vogue yeah so i i was working at quite a high level which was i was really blessed to have been in that position um yeah and i think in that industry at such a young age it's all about image and um I don't, I don't know if I'd feel comfortable my daughter now going into that yeah. because it's all about image and it's just really sad but when you're young you do get cut, caught up in it and yeah so that I don't think I have I don't think anyone's ever given me bad advice but I would say that in that industry it's really tough in terms of just keeping on top of your confidence and um you know from 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 the outside in probably think people probably think oh she must be supremely confident you know when you're shooting videos or you're doing films or but you know there's another side to it that I saw which isn't which is quite dark but you know I can see these girls why I look now and see them so so skinny and you know that's the pressure of the industry but it, my day we didn't have Instagram and things like that and now, you know, these children are, are, are looking at these images and they're not real. They're airbrushed and, you know, and, and then children are comparing themselves to this and and idolizing this. But it's, it's they're not real images. Right. So, yeah, it's so fake. And, you know, that's something that's come up on a few of these other podcasts that I've been doing with, with a few of the other guests is just the impact of social media and just how unrealistic it all is and how unachievable it is. And yes. that is, you know. A, a massive bit of that must be having an impact on the you know the great awareness that we have on mental health mental health in young people nowadays yeah. because they are looking at that thinking I should be achieving that why don't I look like that why aren't why aren't I earning the money that that person's earning do you yeah. know what I mean yeah. so it is all about just being you and doing yourself isn't it yeah and believing in yourself and I I'm a big believer of affirmations Hmm. and um, looking at yourself in the mirror and saying some really positive affirmations and just really believing really believing in yourself and loving yourself as you are and I, I've said this to many young people because I, I dealt with a lot of young people with my performing arts school and and they'll say oh it's easy said than done but I'm no look in the mirror and just repeat it if you keep repeating a mantra that's positive it will become so just keep saying it, keep believing in it and just keep doing it and it will come true. Um, and I, I, I'm a firm, firm believer of affirmations and the power of affirmations. I think when I was young, I read a book called The Power of Affirmations and it stuck with me. And, and I, I firmly believe that those moments of doubt, if you can just get yourself in front of that mirror and just repeat a few positive 
phrases, a few positive words to yourself and about yourself, then um, it, it, it can make all the difference. Yeah, I really agree with you on that. I'm all about positivity. I think positivity is contagious. I think if we all generate lots of positivity, then it just creates a much better atmosphere and environment. Um, Cool. So that's a really lovely piece of advice then. Um, so is there something that you'd like to add to that, that you'd wish you'd known when you were growing up that you would like to say to young people now? I think just be kind to yourself. Don't put yourself under too much pressure. Um, I think if someone had said to me when I was younger, just don't sweat the small stuff. Really, some of the things that I used to worry about when I was younger and it's so immaterial now, it really is. And I look back and just think the amount of stress I went through worrying about the smallest things. Um, but really don't sweat the small stuff, really try and believe in yourself and don't get caught up. And I know it's hard for young people because social media plays such a, an important part in their life, especially now when we're all locked down. Um, but just remember the power of you and how special you are and what you have to give. Um, and try not to keep comparing yourself. I mean, I was one for that when I was younger, always comparing myself. Um, and I just think, what for? It was just such a waste of my energy and my time. Um, yeah. Great. And so the other thing that I want to touch on a little bit is there's a lot of people out there who are um, like me, I suppose, until I really started looking into it about, you know, you think you're generally eating quite well, you make sure you have a few veggies a day and a few fruits and, and you know, stuff like that. Um, but what are some easy tips for making sure that you are getting what you need? Because I do remember seeing on your Instagram page at one point, you did this lovely video about making a rainbow meal. So yeah. making sure that there is something in of every color. Could you yeah. just talk us a little bit through that or any other little tips that we can hold on to to know that we're doing the right thing when we're eating? Well, I always try and aim for my clients to have 10 pieces of fruit and veg and I err on more veg than fruit. So it's usually a couple of pieces of fruit. I'm often dealing with people that have issues with blood sugar. So they might have diabetes type two or something. So the fruits are usually berries. Um, and what I recommend is that try to have a smoothie a day. Smoothies are such a great way of getting um, a nutrient dense um, drink, if you like. So you can hide a multitude of things in your smoothie. So mm. I, it might sound horrible, but I steam cauliflower, let it cool. Cauliflower in a smoothie has really no taste. It's a cruciferous vegetable, which is really important for detoxification, incredibly healthy um, uh, vegetable. So I chuck that in, I'll put in some flax seeds, I'll put in some almond milk, I'll put in some protein powder, I'll put in some berries and some spinach. Um, but I usually try to put a, a variety of um, vegetables. And that's my first thing that I have in the morning um, after I've had my lemon water, which is another important thing. And then crudités are great things. So chop some peppers and carrots and we're spending a lot of time at home at the moment and people are snacking more than they normally would. Crudités are great things if you can just prepare those and have them in your fridge. So when you are tempted to snack on something that maybe you shouldn't, if you've got some crudités and some hummus or some ready-made guacamole um, on hand, that's a really, again, another way of getting some nutrient-dense foods into you. So that's what I recommend. I just really try to make sure that every meal that you have, just look at it and just think, is that a nutrient-dense meal or is it just pasta with some 
you know, with some sweet corn and some pesto, that really to me isn't a nutrient dense meal. Could you add some color to it? Color represents different, a variety of nutrients. So could you add some peppers and, and some corn and some courgettes or something? Um, so yeah, just really be mindful of every meal because what you consume is your output. It is how your body will function. And do you want your body to function long-term and be healthy long-term? then if you do, then you've really got to make those changes now. Yeah, no, that's great. And the other thing is, I think a lot of people will walk into a supermarket um, and you look at the shelf and actually most places do it really well is they have what I call like the little traffic light system on the, yeah. on the food, which is, you know, things that are red, amber or green. Yeah. Um, how accurate is that? Because if you see something that's all green and maybe one amber, you're like, oh, actually, do you know what? That's absolutely fine. Is there something we should be looking for that's a bit more deeper than that? Or should we just think about actually let's keep it a bit more, let's go for the fresh veg and stuff like that? I always say to try and err away from the pre-packaged things. Yeah. Um, so the fresh veg, the, the lean pieces of meat or fish, um, the, the complex carbohydrates. Um, so the, the, the brown rice or the quinoa, something that's just got a bit more fiber in it that will help with digestion. And, um, if you do go for things in a packet, read the back. I'm alarmed at how, at how many people, when I say to my clients, do you read the back of that? Um, for example, I, I, I was saying to my client about switching to a particular brand of almond milk. And, and I said, just look at the back. And she read the back and compared it to what she was having. And she could not believe the difference. Wow. But um, I know we're all quite busy, but you know, if it just takes a second just to spin over the back. And if there's something on the back that you don't understand, and you don't know what it is, invariably it's not food. So put it back. There will yep. be another option that will be just food or head, like you say, to the fresh things um, and find a stick to that. Yeah, because I think, you know, we need to all start thinking a bit more. I think we went through such a big phase of convenience, didn't we? Everything was about convenience food. Go yeah. back to the 80s and everybody was having pot noodles and, you know, God knows what else. And it's all- lights, I remember, oh my goodness. It's awful. <laughs> It but is. It, you it is. Get back to that good old tradition of just cooking yeah. from fresh. And you can do it quickly because some yeah. people now think that cook, cooking from fresh means an hour in the kitchen, but it, it literally doesn't. I sometimes I do things with a grater. I might grate some carrots. I might grate some courgettes. You know, gratering things or chopping them quite uh, finely and then chucking them into a stir fry with some um, some tamari sauce or something that's quite um, simple and natural. Um, it can make quite a, a delicious meal and it doesn't need to take an hour that can be done in 10-15 minutes totally I couldn't agree more and then the other one thing that I want to touch on is the gut yes so without going into too much detail um, is I think not a lot of people actually realize that your immune system lives in your gut yeah is that right yeah. got 70 uh, to of that yeah that's yeah right. so you I think that the problem is if you abuse your gut you're basically abusing your immune system aren't you that's right yeah yeah it's really important to look after your gut health and I do think that the awareness of that now is is evident it's most people now I think are aware of the importance of your gut health um so probiotics become important as you get older digestive enzymes become important um 
and feeding your healthy gut microbes. So ensuring you're getting the right vegetables that feed those gut microbes. Um, ensuring that you're having a bowel movement daily is really, really important for gut health. And keeping the integrity of your gut together is really important. So some people um, can't eat gliadin, which is found in, in, in breads and gluten, et cetera, because it, it affects the integrity of their gut membrane. So, um, this, the gut is so, so important. So you can do simple things like, um, like sauerkraut is important, is good for gut health. Um, and again, like I say, fibrous foods is really good for gut health and removing all the sugars and all the processed foods that slow us down and make us feel sluggish um, is very, very important too. I hope that was brief enough. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. No, that's perfect. Um, I think the more information people have, the, the better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, great. Well, that nearly brings us to the end of everything. Um, and we'll wrap up in just a moment. But just before we do, if anybody listening is interested in finding out a bit more, maybe booking some time with you or, you know, following what you do on social media, um, where can they find you? So I'm on social media, um, just at Natasha Bryce Nutrition on Facebook and Instagram. So that's quite easy. Or my website is natashabrycenutrition.com and Bryce is B-R-I-C-E. Um, yeah, so I do post, maybe not as regularly as I should because I spend a lot of time in clinic, but um, I do post some tips and, and try to help people with various things. I did one yesterday on digest, digestion and um, I've done previous ones on the importance of vitamin D. Um, so I do try to post, but they can follow me on those and they can get in touch with me via my website as well. Wonderful. That's fantastic. So I'm going to let you get back to your day because on top of the whole multitude of things that we were saying earlier that you already do as a mom, business owner and et cetera, et cetera, you're actually going through a house build at the moment, aren't you as well? Yes, I know I am. And it's sorry. So sorry if you heard a little bit of noise in the background, but yes, it has been our dream to build our own house. It's taken three years, but I'm quite tenacious. And when I set my mind to something, um, invariably I do get there, but it's three long years, but we, yeah, we're finally there and building our dream forever home, which is, is quite nice. So feel very blessed to be in that position. Fantastic. Well, Natasha, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us today. And um, we will look forward to maybe hearing from you again in the future. Lovely. Take care then. Thanks Bye. so much. Bye-bye.